And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? It's episode two of About Them Cowboys here on The Athletic, and there's definitely a lot more Dallas Cowboys to talk. Believe it or not, we just skimmed the surface with last episode when it comes to all things Dallas Cowboys, and we've got another episode here right now uh, with our resident Cowboys experts, Kevin Turner and uh, John Mashoda for this hour. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, it's great to be here, and you're right, never a shortage of Cowboys news and Spicy storylines and drama. It just never stops. Yeah. Two weeks it, away from I, the season. I honestly feel like we could do this every day, you know, given the amount of, of headlines these days when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, especially in the preseason. But um, John and KT are back to um, to talk about this preseason and to talk about training camp and give an overview of the, what this team is. Um, we're going to be doing a 53-man roster breakdown with John and Bob uh, Sturm next episode. So stay tuned for that. And uh, they're going to be going down the, their predictions for the entire 53 as the roster cuts loom this weekend. And that will be dropping uh, on Thursday or Friday, um, one of those. So check your athletic app. That'll be an athletic exclusive episode. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you can get 40% off your annual subscription right now by going to theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys and get every episode of this show by doing that. And so with that, um, I'm going to turn this episode over to Kevin KT Fun Tweets Turner. Uh, thank you very much, Kent, and I can't wait for that episode on Friday as well. Um, I, I think we should probably. I mean, the biggest thing is still Zeke, and that's not going to change until we get some type of resolution. So I think we should probably, John, start with the latest. Um, at least, uh, at least in in your estimation, is this thing kind of going on a path towards a resolution, or is this thing? teetering on the edge of getting uh, a, a bit contentious. Um, I think he's still in Cabo San Lucas. I don't think uh, anything's changed there. So uh, um, until that changes, I don't see a- any reason for anyone to get excited. With that said, though, you know, the Cowboys are notorious for believing that deadlines make deals. And uh, obviously a deadline's coming up, and that's week one. And you want to have him out there week one. I think his representatives want him out there week one. So you would think both sides have to come together at least one more time for one last good push on this. And, uh, and if, if that doesn't happen, then uh, we could be going to week one where Tony Pollard is the starting running back. So he had a book, uh, uh, he had a flight booked Saturday morning uh, to DFW airport from Cabo. And then uh, I, I tweeted it out like a moron, and uh, then he canceled it. He canceled that specific flight, um, and I'm 100 percent sure that's what happened. Um, so I'm, it was because you tweeted it. You ruined well, everything. No, I, he we could have been here. Everything could have been yeah, over man. with, and you ruined this. <laughs> he's like, you leaked it. That's kind of funny. Like two hours after I tweeted that, someone was like, "You know, he's not getting on that flight now because he didn't want everyone knowing that." And I was like, "Oh crap!" I wasn't trying to do that. I wasn't trying to cause any problems. Like he wouldn't have been recognized. What have you done? Anyway, right. I, I think I've ruined the Cowboys' season. Is what I've done already. <laughs> Um, and uh, many Cowboy fans would, would say that I've already done that by trying to give Dak $35 billion. But, hey, I just think it's good to have a quarterback. Um, you know, one thing that's that's interesting, though, is I was uh, looking at Tony Pollard a little bit. 
And uh, there was a clip that was going around, I believe, for the NFL Network, and it was James Jones, and he was like, the Cowboys will not make the playoffs if they don't have Zeke. They will not. He had 103, uh, 133 yards per game, blah, blah, blah. And like, I know this is not how football works, but I was looking at Tony Pollard's numbers through the preseason games. What was it, 15 carries for 84 yards? And then you throw in three catches for 37 yards. I was like, well, there's 121 yards right there and 18 touches. So I'm not saying like it can easily be replaced. I'm not saying this team is better without Zeke. I am saying they can go win games and make the playoffs without Zeke. I 100% believe that. Do you believe that? No, I, no, I, I do. My, my thing is I will say Tony Pollard has to be really good for them to do that. And, and so far what we've seen from him – uh, you know, that looks like it's possible. The only thing I'll, I'll say, though, is just we don't know how he'll hold up in the wear and tear if we're talking, you know, half a season without Zeke, a full season, whatever, and he's carrying the ball 15, 20 times, plus they obviously want to use him a lot in the passing game. So, you know, we've seen that that Zeke can handle that workload. We saw it while he was at Ohio State, and then obviously as soon as he got with the Cowboys, he hit the ground running. We just don't know that about Tony Pollard. There, I'm not saying that he can't. I'm not saying that he can't. We just haven't seen that because all we've seen is is some preseason work, and then obviously when he was at Memphis, he wasn't the featured guy. So um, if he can hold up to that workload, no, I, I think that I think that they're fine. He's obviously not as good as Ezekiel Elliott, but I, I think him and then a couple of the other options, if Zeke's not there, I think you have to keep Alfred Morris. And uh, and then maybe even a guy that that comes off of another team's uh, roster when they trim down to uh, 53. But um, I think they can still win games, especially early in the season without Ezekiel Elliott. But if they're going to win the Super Bowl, which is obviously this team's goal, I just I don't know. I, I just really have a hard time seeing them doing that without Zeke. Yeah, there's a big part of me that's always kind of been like, you know what? Why the drama? Let's just go ahead and get the deals done. Um, and honestly, I'm probably less sure of Amari Cooper than I am. Dak and Zeke, and I know Dak is a very polarizing, uh, polarizing topic, but I just think that's that's just a position you don't mess around with. You know, one of the the rare breakups because of of a team not choosing to keep their quarterback was Washington and Kirk Cousins, and you know we'll see how that'll play out. But like generally, if a quarterback is decent or okay or pretty good or whatever you want to say, you pay him. With running back, you know, Zeke's going to be one of the last guys, and maybe Saquon will get paid, and maybe Christian McCaffrey will get paid. Zeke's going to be like one of the last guys, quite possibly in NFL history at running back, to get paid, you know, top of the market, you know, that type of deal. Um, So I think it's interesting that the Cowboys have reportedly submitted an offer and he hasn't accepted it. And I just think, you know, we start looking at this. You're game planning for the Giants next Tuesday. Right, it's when things really start rolling towards Week One. You would expect Zeke would be there. I think the Cowboys will get it done, but man, I I, I truly thought this is something that would have been handled three weeks ago. So that's kind of like a frustrating thing for me. I just kind of thought that, and I kind of thought the Dak deal would already be taken care of, and instead we've got Marshall Falk, a client of Rocky Arsenault, Zeke's agent, going on the air and. Uh, you know, taking shots at Dak and kind of trumpeting uh, Zeke. And I'm like, man, how is this good for the team? This can't be good for anyone. So I just kind of thought that the Cowboys and, and the Joneses, specifically Steven, we've kind of seen the foresight to get this done, you know, a little bit quicker. But I, I just you think ultimately— You also can't make them sign. Sure. No, I just think ultimately the biggest difference right now is that I think the Cowboys, where they're at, is they're willing to, to give him a deal that just— a little bit better than what Gurley's got, and it will technically make him the highest paid back. 
but I think on the Ezekiel Elliott side, they're looking for something that kind of significantly puts him past Todd Gurley. Now, if they can somehow meet in the middle, then he'll be there week one. But if Zeke's camp is completely dead set on him uh, blowing Gurley's deal out of the water, well, then he's just not going to be here anytime soon. Yeah, John, to that point, do you think Steven made a mistake back when we were at the Combine when he said Gurley's the starting point? Like, if he had never said that, <laughs> you know, like, don't even the phrasing Should of, I just talk about of starting random? point, you know, like, even if he said Gurley is, I lost everyone in my Gurley is, I don't, yeah, I don't know, yeah. has set the market, maybe he should have said, <laughs> but it, it's, it, no, no, that's funny you say that because that's something that myself and some other reporters have talked about recently at the star is, is going back on that, on that day. Cause even when it happened, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, um, for, the guys that cover the Cowboys, you are out, you usually go out to the combine like a day early because Steven's on that competition committee. It's so you know that like he's going to potentially talk if he stops, which is funny because there's other guys like John Elway and, and uh, other people, Mike Tomlin, that are on it, and they generally don't stop and talk. But if you cover the Cowboys, you, you just have to be there because you just never know. And, and in that setting, there's probably, about, I don't know, six or seven of us around. And when he said that, out of talking to him for 15 minutes about a variety of topics, because we hadn't talked to him for a while, that's just stuck out to me at, at the moment, and I kind of threw that in the back of my head. Like, that's interesting that they would even go that, say that. We, you know, if if you cover the Cowboys, you can understand why they, you know, they feel that way about Zeke. But at the same time, you're just kind of like, I can't believe he said that publicly. But with that said, you know, I mean, Jerry's doing two radio shows a week during the season. He talks to us, you know, out at the Star from time to time. Steven's doing two radio shows, and they have both said so many things over the last year or so about how great they think Amari is, uh, you know, how great they think Dak is, how great they think Zeke is, and all this stuff comes back up in contract talks. I mean, that that's that's why I just feel like it's kind of the Cowboys' way because, the you know, they have an ownership that is constantly talking to reporters. Um, but I think if you ask Steven uh, off the record, I think he, he would want to redo that if he could. Before we get into some camp MVPs, um, I would like to ask you, John, what is your biggest – concern about this team aside from Zeke given like looking at the roster is it injuries is it uh any area of depth that might be concerned what is your biggest concern about this team heading into the season it's it's the offensive line and specifically backs I just Tyron Smith's dealing with a back issue Zach Martin's dealing with a back issue and anybody that's ever had any back problems knows that that stuff generally doesn't just go away especially when you're playing tackle football at the highest level. So, um, uh, you know, Zach said on, uh, I'm trying to think here, what day was this? It was yesterday. So <laughs> I lose track of my days here, but he said basically that he, um, he feels pretty confident that he'll be able to, you know, play every game this season, but I think it's going to be something he could be dealing with throughout. And as we know with Tyron, you know, he's missed three games in each of the last three seasons. You know, this is not something that, um, I think it's just going to all of a sudden go away. I think it's something he's going to have to play through. Now, these are tough guys. They'll probably play through this stuff, but, how, I mean, how does it affect, you know, their impact on the game? And then you're getting Travis Frederick coming back after missing an entire season. Uh, and, and that offensive line is just such a staple for this team. Everything's built off of that. So I would say that would be the one area that, that kind of stands. I mean, they're thin at tight end right now because of injuries. Um, but that's not close to me in terms of worries as uh, the injuries on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, my, my issue, biggest issue right now is, like, if Cam Fleming had to go play, I just think that could be catastrophic. And I know he did okay when he had to play in spurts last year, but if he had to go get realistic amount of playing time, 
I would be so nervous, like almost on a Chaz Green type level. I was just gonna say, how much does Chaz Green play in your mind when you I say mean, that? I mean, it's like I'm so I'm sitting there going, can a good team? I mean, can a can a team with offensive line depth just cut a good player so we can go scoop him up? Because I just I'm not comfortable with that. I feel pretty good about Zach being okay. I'm less comfortable about Tyron's thing popping up. You know, just throughout the year, here's the back thing again. I, I just I'm gonna gonna feel that way until he retires. That that's probably never gonna change. So that's where I'm at now. Now moving to to camp MVPs. Um, you saw John every practice they've had all throughout training camp. I saw first two weeks in California, a uh, couple practices last week out at the Stars. I've seen a little bit. Uh, I would like for you to go ahead and maybe give an offensive and a defensive camp MVP. Offensively. I don't want to be forgetting anybody here, but I, the one guy that just keeps jumping out to me, even since they've gotten back to the star, is Michael Gallup. And, and you know, I mean, he was he's running with the ones whether Amari Cooper's out there or not. But having Amari out with the foot issue just further, I mean, there's just the rapport with him and Dak just seems to build more and more uh, by the day. And, and Dak just seems to be looking for him uh, even more than he was during his rookie year. And obviously not having Amari out there factors into that. But just, you know, that play in that in, in the last preseason game, the way that play broke down, Dak got away from pressure, and the way he just gets out there, and it was kind of like a you know backyard sandlot type play where everything's broken down and it's not running routes specifically at that point. You're just trying to get open, and how he found Gallup like that, that was a good sign there. So I, he's the one on offense that I, I think consistently throughout camp has been uh, pretty impressive defensively. You know, when you can't tackle the quarterback. And, you know, uh, the play ends when when there's significant pressure in these practices. It's hard to really see this, but, like, no one's blocking Malik Collins. And and it's pretty been consistent throughout all of camp. Uh, He's just been a monster, and he's a guy, too, that's obviously dealt with injuries. So if he's healthy, I just think they're great at that three-technique spot with him. And then obviously they have Tristan Hill. Uh, They drafted him to, to, to play behind him, and then if Malik has a huge year, I just don't think the Cowboys will be able to resign him. I think he'll be able to get bigger money somewhere else. So that's that's one of the big reasons why they draft Tristan Hill so that you have another option down the road. But if Malik Collins stays healthy, I think he's going to have a huge year. No, I think that's that's awesome. It was very evident, like guys that you would just see flashing all through training camp, and Malik Collins was very consistent, and then Michael Gallup very consistent, to where you're asking yourself questions like, okay, is he a uh, – okay, he's got to prove that he's a number two wide receiver in the league, but like – is he going to be like a 1B type guy? You know, like the upside is so high there. Um, for me, I'll kind of I'll kind of spin off that. I, I do – we did just talk about Tony Pollard. But I think it was very evident the charisma and energy that he brings to the field. And you could see matchup situations. And maybe Kellen Moore deserves to get a little bit of credit for using him in fun ways, at least through training camp practices. But with Tony Pollard, you kind of get the vibe of, oh, this – this is kind of the idea of what they were looking for with Tavon Austin when uh, Stephen Jones famously called him a web back, uh, you know, two years ago. I mean, you kind of <laughs> like what everyone's going, what's that? Are you making up positions? Are you sure you know how to use this guy? So, like, that's interesting to me, Tony Pollard. So I want to give him a, a little bit of credit. And I do think it should be mentioned that Travis Frederick returning to 100% health is going to be a godsend for this team. And then defensively, I would go with – you know, I think the popular thing early in camp was to say Xavier Woods, and uh, I'm, I'm comfortable sticking with that. I feel good about that. But, man, Jordan Lewis had an incredible camp, in my opinion, and it seemed like a 
a few people maybe inside the organization or maybe written him off. I know there was a point last year where they tried to trade him. Um, you know, I think it was it was a really good camp for Jordan Lewis, and it makes you really think about the cornerback position moving forward and feeling really good about him getting snaps. Um, it makes me go, why are we rushing Byron back for week one? Like little things like that. So those are those are my two picks personally. No, hey, Jordan's a great one. Um, and then and same thing since they've gotten back here to the star, he's really stood out. And, I, and he's a guy that I look at and I think, you know, I know Chris Richard prefers the, the long, tall, over six-foot corners, but I really do think that the Cowboys right now, especially getting Byron Jones back, I think they have four starting caliber corners, and I just don't see many teams across the league being able to say that. And that's a great spot to be in because of not only injuries, but also the fact that just – the way they play defense nowadays, you're always having, it seems like, three corners on the field uh, in, in most situations in, in your nickel and dime packages. So, um, no, I, I completely agree with you with Jordan Lewis. A lot of swagger from him right now, super confident in his ability. And, and so you match that with Cheeto and, and Anthony Brown and Byron, and, yeah, no, they're in, a, they're in a great spot at corner. Let's talk about Donovan Wilson for a minute. Um, I know you and uh, Bob will definitely do the, the big roster projection episode on Friday. That, that's going to be great. Um, it looks like he's kind of a shoe in to make it. Um, but along with uh, while talking about him, any other kind of those rookie guys that were drafted, do you, do you think pretty much all of those guys end up making the team? Uh, the Jackson brothers, um, those those guys, do they all pretty much make it aside from Mike Weber? <laughs> See, I do, but, um, you know, I mean, I put out my 53, but then I see, like, other people putting out theirs that um, – that they don't have Mike Jackson on it. And I think that's kind of interesting. He's been injured a little bit. He's finally getting back um, out there. But I just think that they like him too much. I think that he ends up making it. Joe Jackson they love, so uh, him too. Uh, so, yeah, I do see them. And then Donovan Wilson. So then the only guy you're really talking about is Jelks. And I think most years Jalen Jelks is on the team. It just they're so deep on the defensive line right now. I just don't see how they can, they can keep him. Uh, Daniel Wise, who obviously they – uh, undrafted guy they signed they like a lot too and I think he's another guy that they just run into num- number problems there so it, it's hard to keep him on the team but uh you know early in camp Donovan Wilson would have been on the bubble for me for sure but then you start seeing him emerge in practice and then have multiple interceptions in in these preseason games that's so huge for a defense that just hasn't been able to consistently pick the ball up uh I just as <laughs> soon as he caught that ball in that last preseason game, got both those feet down. It was like you might as well just not even consider him, at, you know, as even a roster bubble guy. He's on the team, locked in. They just they don't have enough guys in the back end that do things like that. So, um, yeah, no, he's got his spot locked up as far as I'm. Yeah, concerned. it's it's weird because they do have to like save the spots on the roster. But you know, a guy we haven't seen is their third round pick, Connor McGovern, who's got a uh, an injury to his boob, his pec. And <laughs> what I would ask about Connor McGovern, he makes the roster no matter what. Have you heard anything on the inside? Though, is there, are they still very opti- optimistic about him? And you know, that was kind of felt like a pick for twenty twenty. Anyways, is that kind of where that situation is? Yeah, especially with that with that injury. Now, he he wasn't doing very much out at training camp. Now they didn't want to put him. They could have easily, if he was a veteran player, I think he would have started camp out on on the physically unable to perform list. But the reason that they kept him off it is because once you go on that PUP, like like Noah Brown was on and then or is on right now, and then Byron Jones was on, you really can't do much with the team. And so they didn't want to have a guy that's a rookie not be able to really be able to do any drills or anything at all. Kind of just have to be off to the side. So that's why they didn't put him on that. Now, 
like you said, I, I think this year was always slated to kind of be a little bit of a redshirt year for him. But uh, last week in practice, after practice was over, I saw that he was trying on a, a different brace uh, on his arm, uh, almost like a shoulder type thing that he was going to wear underneath his pads that I think maybe uh, helps with that, as you said, boob injury. Um, <laughs> and so I think he was working with that. And then uh, during Tuesday's practice, uh, he was working in with with uh, some of the second team offensive line during team drills, so that's obviously a good sign um, there. Because usually they're not going to put you in team drills unless you're getting close to being back. So I think that the plan is that I mean he's obviously going to be on the roster, but they would love for this starting offensive line not to have to deal with any significant injuries and them have them being able to basically redshirt him for for a season. You know, if 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 there was an interior offensive line problem. I think that, you know, you could have Joe Looney or Xavier Suofilo or, or somebody else work in there and not maybe have to go to McGovern. But if they get banged up and let's say Zach Martin's out for a while, you might have to turn to this young kid. I mean, uh, I, I find it hard to believe that many teams in the league would be feeling bad for him, though, if they had to turn to their rookie third-round pick to play with their other first-round picks on the offensive line. I mean, that's just the way that the NFL is. But if all, all things considered, they'd prefer probably that he could redshirt this year. And I also think, like, when you look at <laughs> – the pick it felt like when it was taken and, and Garrett made the comments like, Hey, his name was flashing. There's a big red light on his name, just flashing like, Hey, I'm the obvious pick here. Pick me. I can tell you from watching his tape at Penn state, like it was kind of a no brainer. I had a second round grade on him and for them to get him in the third round, same way with Gallup, I had a late first, early second round grade on him and they got him in the third round. So I'm going to transition things a little bit to the quarterback, and to the preseason game coming up on Thursday night. I've seen enough from Dak in this preseason. I don't need him to play on Thursday night. Uh, is that is that your vibe, that they would just not have him play on Thursday night? Because I don't really understand the point of running him out there and even taking a chance at getting sneezed on. Yeah, no, no, I don't see any way that, that he'd be playing in that game. I think he's already moved on. Uh, to the Giants because yeah you're absolutely right I mean you see that Cam Newton uh, situation a week ago uh, I mean heck just in the last Cowboys preseason game Lamar Miller getting hurt early on I, I just yeah I don't think you you even take any chance there if they wanted him to get any more work they would have put him out for a couple more series in that last game against the Texans and when they didn't do that yeah that sealed the deal from I, I don't see any way that he would even uh you know, I mean, he'll warm up and, and he'll be in uniform, but there's no way he gets on the field. I think this time of year we get so, uh, I guess, giddy for football season in general. I know I am. And I'm uh, looking at the athletic every single day, and I just read, read, read. I don't stop, you know, like just kind of nonstop. And I think there was a fun article that came out from Mike Sando when he was t- looking at the breakdown of uh, strength of schedule based on the quarterbacks you will play. So, like you, Cowboys had won the division last year, and you go, oh, well, they're going to have a first-place schedule this year. Oh, okay. But, you know, in football, that almost doesn't matter as much as maybe in, in other sports just because, you know, this the league is so fluid and there's a lot of parity involved. So, in the standings, I don't know if you saw the article, the Cowboys had the 22nd toughest schedule based on the quarterbacks they will play in 2019. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? I, I don't know if, know if you even get to read the article, but I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. I didn't get to see the article. I, I saw the headline on it, but I didn't get a chance to click on it. Um, it. It is interesting to look at it from that perspective. It is clearly a quarterback's league. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going to you know, get anything done. Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're going to obviously face some good quarterbacks, but I just feel like 
every team is. I mean, I don't know. I'm interested on in your take on this. How many good quality quarterbacks do you think are, are in the NFL? Like, I feel like I think that maybe half the league has good solid starters. Do you think that's too I many? I think it actually might be right now. I think it might be a touch more than that. Um, now, some of these guys are super inconsistent and it makes you feel dangerous. But I would kind of view it as guys I, I'm comfortable running out there and think I can go win every game with. You know, that's that's the way I've kind of, I kind of look at it. And I actually think it's closer to 20. You know, and I think five years ago it was closer to 12. Um, so I just think it's kind of fluid. Do, do you mind, John, if I do this exercise with you? If, if I just say, hey, here's the, Let's here's do the it. quarterback, and you tell me if he is better or worse than the Cowboys quarterback. Okay, okay. now this is, this is very controversial because it involves Mr. Prescott. Week one. <laughs> That's fine. Now I'm going to say this. Week one is Eli Manning, right? So... Yeah, Dak victory one and zero. Yeah. <laughs> now the Redskins making headlines with Case Keenum is announcing him as their starting quarterback. I'm going to actually split up the Redskins game. I'm going to give one to Haskins and one to Keenum. But for week two, it's going to be Case Keenum. Yeah, Dak's back. Oh man, two and zero? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the Dolphins have. They don't need Zeke early on, obviously. The Dolphins haven't made up their mind yet. Uh, so I'm going to say if it's some hybrid machination of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, who would you rather have? Dak Prescott. Oh, my God, we're 3-0. and Can you believe this? Man, Zeke is better get back from Cabo. <laughs> Episode 4 here. It's going to be a tough one. you got to go to New Orleans to take on Drew Brees. Okay, three and one. Green Bay. Now, that's a home game. Aaron Rodgers. You know, <laughs> yeah, Rodgers. I will sure. say this. I do think Green Bay's got a chance to be bad just because you don't really know what's going to happen with that offense and, and Lafleur. But by the by the take of this strategy, now three and two. We go to the New York Jets now, okay, in New York in week six. Dak or Sam Darnold? <laughs> Dak Prescott. All right, four and two. What a playoff team we have here, right? This is a great exercise because I, a lot of these picks are going basically the way I, I I picked the schedule to go. So, yeah, keep going. Week 7, love a good Eagles-Cowboys game at AT&T Stadium on Sunday night. We'll say it's Carson Wentz for now, but who knows what his back's going to do. Yeah, I think I think Wentz and, and Dak are a great debate. And so, just like when I picked the schedule, I had them splitting with the Eagles. Uh, they're at home. I'll take Dak. In this All one. right, five and two, five and two. You know, I think a lot of people see that Carson Wentz could be an MVP, you know, candidate if he's healthy. And I do think that Eagles team is going to be good, man. I think that those are going to be some really two really highly competitive close games. Um, but I just, I also. And this is just me, man. A lot of people come at me for this. I think Dak takes the fourth-year step, much like Matt Ryan did, much like Russell Wilson did, much like you know Aaron Rodgers kind of did it in year three. But a lot of those quarterbacks took up their that big step in year four, and I kind of think this is the year that Dak takes that big step, a noticeable step, and I think he's in, you know, top ten of MVP discussions. I truly believe that. Um, but now we're five and two. The New York Giants again. Let's say for fun. Let's just say it's Daniel Jones this time. Yeah, Dak okay. Prescott. We're six and two, John. 
Minnesota Vikings at home. Tough. Dak Prescott. Okay, that was a little tougher though, right? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if that game will necessarily just come down. I think this one will be about the defense, but if I'm going off quarterbacks, I'll take seven that. and two. Ah, yes, a great trip up to the north to go to Ford Field <laughs> in Detroit. Matt Stafford or Dak Prescott? Uh, Matthew Stafford. Oh my! Oh, oh wow! Seven and three. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really feel like Stafford is just—he's a better pound-for-pound pound quarterback. I, I think if you saw both those guys play, um, you know, if you were just taking one, you can't—you can't put it pick the team. It just you take the one. Uh, I think a lot of people would take Stafford. Uh, he just has a lot of more of the God-given natural ability. But Dak has clearly been a, a better winner, uh, you know, and, and they're a great debate between those two. I mean, if you're ranking quarterbacks, they're really close to each other. Um, I just, knowing the Lions team pretty well, being from Detroit, I know that they don't have very much around Stafford, and they haven't throughout his mm-hmm. career. Um, so, yeah, I give him the edge in the quarterback battle right now. But I, it's it's certainly close. That puts us at 7-3. and three. And I, I would agree with you, but ask me in five years – assuming the earth is still rotating on its axis. Um, Tom Brady and the Patriots yeah, at Brady. New England. Okay, 7-4. and four. Buffalo Bills, the Thanksgiving Cole Beasley game. <laughs> Dak Prescott. Dak yeah. Prescott over Josh Allen. We're 8-4 and four, heading to the final four. We're looking good here. Duh, Bears. <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with Dak. I don't I'm, – <laughs> I'm not a huge Trubisky fan, uh, so yeah, no deck. Nine Prescott. and four. Then we've got the Rams at AT and T Stadium, December fifteenth. That's Jared Goff. That's. It, I mean, that's another close one. Um, if I'm just going quarterbacks, I guess I would take Dak. But in that game, uh, you know, it's tough. I, I would pick the Rams in that game, but if we're just talking quarterbacks, I'll take. Really? That. Okay. So I, th- I think I would take Goff personally. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, it's seriously, close, and, right? I, and I understand a lot of people. Yeah, it's close there. It's the same thing with the Stafford thing. I know a lot of people would be like, "Are you kidding me? He he he's blown a lot of games late. Yeah, well, he's won a lot of games late too." And again, like the sporting cast factor in on all these things. Um, so I could go either way. I do. I would pick the Rams in that game, but if we're just going quarterbacks, I just. I don't know. I feel comfortable with Dak. In that I'm going to go ahead just because the, the 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 way we were doing this was going to be just the quarterback ten and four. But I will say this right. real quickly on that: when uh, people talked about the Cowboys didn't have anybody, and he's like, "Well, Dak wasn't good until Amari Cooper got here," and I said, "Okay, that's no, it's a good point. They they did a great move to go to go get Amari Cooper. What happened to Jared Goff when he lost Cooper Cup? Like you lose yeah, weapons, you play worse. It's just kind of how the league works. You get weapons, you play better. Like I don't think it's some indictment of the player, so I just think that's interesting. Um, next we have, this is the Week 16 game, at Philadelphia. Let's say it's Wentz again. Now, you beat him in the, in the first time, though, John. Yeah, I'm taking, I'll am i take Wentz okay, here. Okay, 10-5, and five, and then you have the Redskins, and we will say this is a Dwayne Haskins start in Week 17. Yep, Dak. Dak, so 11-5. and five. I think that's per, pretty accurate. Like, that's that's kind of... That's how I feel about the team, man. I think it's they're going to be eleven and five. Maybe it takes twelve and four to win the division, but I I think that's a pretty good. I don't know. That's a pretty good look at kind of how the way things could go. Yeah, if if I'm not doing quarterbacks, every time I've broken down the schedule, I've had them at nine and seven. 
I don't think that they're going to win the division. I just don't think they're going to be the team that breaks that that string of, uh, you know, finally having a team in the NFC East win back to back. I do think that they're going to get a wild card, but every time I look at the schedule, I just I've got them around nine and seven, ten and six. So, yeah, by this exercise, uh, it's even better for them. So, I feel like if if I went the other way and I took Goff in that game that puts them at ten and six, I think that's you know right around where they're at. Um, and then the one that really stands out for me that I just think is a lot different is if we're not doing just quarterbacks, like I, I really think, I mean, I think the Cowboys win that game against Detroit. I just, the rest of that team, yeah. like Detroit could be a complete just disaster this year. So, uh, that's a game that every time I've looked at a schedule, I've picked the Cowboys in. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a fun way to do things a little bit. Let's, uh, before we, uh, get out of here, let's go ahead and uh, quickly talk about taco real quick. Taco with a good, uh, preseason performance in Game 3. He's actually strung a couple of good preseason performances together. Starting to maybe make a little little headway. He also did get banged up a couple times, but, you know, kind of fought through it. Um, I assume he's going to get to play a lot in the fourth preseason game. Um, what's your feelings on Taco? Do you think he's a guy they really want here for a long time? Do you think... They might be t- putting some tape out there to see if they could get something for him. Do you think he's on the roster bubble? Uh, what do you think Taco's done for his stock here? <laughs> I got I, with all those questions. I would like to go all of the above. <laughs> um, I definitely think they're putting out the the tape is obviously out there, and that he couldn't have had a better last preseason game. I mean, th- to do that in that third preseason game, he was out there a lot longer than I thought he was going to be. Uh, but he kept making plays, and, and in a way, you know. I felt like they were leaving him out there to put out some good tape. <laughs> but then there's another part of me that thinks he might have just played himself on locked into that roster with how well he played. You just it's almost like I said about Donovan Wilson with just yeah, there maybe he doesn't do this well right now or maybe he's a little green in this area, but it's hard to find guys to pick off passes like that, make plays in the back end. Well, it's the same thing with Taco. It's tough to find pass rushers that consistently can make plays. And I don't care. People are like, well, it was the second team guys or whatever. Well, every team doesn't have all their first team guys out there and no one's asking him to start. Yeah. But if you can sit there and you have a, a little bit of a tired tank Lawrence or Robert Quinn or, or Tyrone Crawford, and you're moving in a fresh taco Charlton behind them. I just don't see how you let that guy go right now. Now, again, if he's butted heads to the point where he's at a point of no return with some of the coaching staff, then, Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but the NFL is based on talent, and, and talent usually wins out in the end. And he just showed me a lot of talent in, the, in that last preseason game. I think I think he, he's on this roster, and uh, I think they're going to give him at least uh, you know another season to see see what they have there. I just he just does some he does some things that just you know it's just not easy to grab that off the way. No, anymore. absolutely, I, I totally agree. When I was watching it live, there, I had a couple uh, thoughts that, just in my gut that was like, okay, yeah, they're just leaving him out there because. They're just, hey, let's let's show him to, to the rest of the league. And then I started going, wait, now he's showing the rest of the league that he gets hurt a lot because he, he was getting hurt. <laughs> Which, dude, the, the knee to the, the helmet to the knee, like to all that stuff, he, those are legit injuries. But And then the other part of me was going, this is a pretty good 180 from going into the locker room after preseason game one and proclaiming that his agent is his leader. And his agent motivates him to do great things. Like, that was one of the more strange post-preseason one quotes of just really praising his agent. I thought that was really strange. Like, dude, you're on a rookie deal. What do you... Hey, especially from a guy that, like, throughout last season, you know, he was struggling. I mean, he had healthy scratches, you know, after 
you know, there were games he obviously missed because of his shoulder, but then there were games where he was ready to play again and he was just a healthy scratch. And so he was barely talking to us at all. And I remember at one point there was a group of reporters that went up to his locker and, and it was late in the season. He was like, yeah, guys, I can't talk. I got to go home and feed my dog. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we're not talking to Taco. So that was the first time we've talked to Taco in it feels like a year. And he just started saying all this stuff about the agent. And to me, I agree with you. I was like, oh, he must. I mean, there's one foot out the door here. But I don't know. I'm starting to have second thoughts after that Texas game. Yeah, I think game. he makes the roster. I just I, My feeling is meaningful games, and they're going to sit there and they're going to do pretty much everything they can to not let him on the field. And I know that seems like that might seem a little extreme right now, considering how well he performed in in game three. Um, and we'll see what happens Thursday night when he gets a lot of playing time, most likely. Hopefully, you, you know what you know. What I think helped him too is this Robert Quinn situation. Yeah. Because maybe if you have Robert Quinn early on, you're just like, hey, this ta- this taco experiment. It was great. Uh, actually, it wasn't great, but you know, it's time to go in another direction. Uh, but now not having Quinn there early on and him having the hand injury, I think that also helps Taco. And that Chase. saves a roster spot, right? Just because Quinn got suspended for two games, that saves a roster spot on the defensive line, correct? That That's what I'm being told, and, and that's the way I did my 53-man is off of that. So unless I'm being lied to, that's that's what I've heard. That was great work. I enjoyed reading your 53-man roster proje- uh, projection on uh, The Athletic. John, and I also will look forward to listening to you and uh, Bob cut it up on Friday and kind of really trim this roster down to the final 53. So I'm looking at our time. I feel like we've we've filled a good 30 minutes of Cowboys talk, and I thought we're moving in a direction to 11-5 and five season that you predicted, John, live on the show. <laughs> so, uh, Kent, from there, uh, I will say uh, I'll let you take it over, and we'll just have uh, good vibes to Amari Cooper's story. Yeah, exactly. If you want the episode that's dropping, uh, talking about the 53-man roster, you need to subscribe to The Athletic. That one's going to be exclusively on The Athletic app, and you need to do that at uh, The Athletic, and you can get 40% off your annual subscription now if you do that. Sign up and uh, stay with us throughout the season. These guys are going to be breaking down Cowboys multiple times a week, sometimes three times a week, depending on the week when when news happens and things like that. So it's going to be awesome. And uh, week one is just around the corner. So uh, get on board. And until next time, how about them Cowboys?